0: This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Joining me is Tom Opferman. And Tom, uh, the first thing I want to talk about, even though I hate to do so, but you know, we gotta fill a half hour here, is Steelers Free Agency. Uh, it, it's a bit early, but it actually is the first thing coming up That's right on the Steeler calendar, albeit how far away is it exactly?
1: It's usually like the second week, third week in March, like around St. Patrick's Day is when it'll happen. Well, well
0: that's right around the corner. I'd like to think I'll still be alive then, but who knows? Hey, um, I, I, I want to talk about the one guy I think, I don't want to say gotta keep, and I think they might get caught in the trap of gotta keep, but let's talk... Cam Sutton, he's their best cornerback, but he's not Mel Blunt. Do you have to keep Cam Sutton, and at what price? Where is this going to go?
1: You have to keep Cam Sutton just because of the situation that the cornerback room is currently in. If you were in an ideal world, that's a guy that you can let walk because he's kind of a fringe player as far as his best usage is in the slot. He's a slot savant. Put him outside. He's still pretty good, but he's a number two, maybe even number three, once you put him outside. But I just don't think the Steelers can really afford to lose a guy that can be a number two that is so good in the slot because they're it's dire straits that cornerback room. It's very thin. They don't have a guy, so don't lose a second guy either.
0: Well, they're faced with the same decision when they let Mike Hilton go to Cincinnati, and Mike Hilton's played great for Cincinnati. He had a a dynamite playoff game against Buffalo. He is very specifically used, like he was in Pittsburgh, as their blitz corner. But by the same token, Cincinnati has a great team that needs to add fringe pieces, maybe overpaying a bit to get over the top. I still think the Steelers were right not to give Hilton what Cincinnati did, which to my mind was too much.
1: And when you frame it that way, where Cincinnati, you know, they're obviously competing for Super Bowls right now, and the Steelers are far away from that, maybe you do let a Cam Sutton walk, and you say, yeah, our cornerback room's going to suffer this coming year because of that, but it's not about this coming year. We can use yeah, yeah, two but years. They to it a- that's right, so they, that's they, where they get they stuck. They think
0: they're closer than they are.
1: Which is where you're saying they might get stuck thinking they got to pay this guy.
0: You know, internally, I, I know they always say the goal every year is to win a Super Bowl. Right. Internally, the goal is to win a playoff game. So they're over for their last six years, and I'm not sure it's going to happen in year number 7 Where do they keep Cam Sutton or not. Um, now, uh, is he the only one of the Steelers free agents that you would really go out of your way to try and keep? I see guys like Edmonds, Casey, Spillane. I, I might keep them at the right price. I'd like to keep either Edmonds or Casey at safety.
1: I'd like to be able to get away from Spillane if it's possible. Uh, again, though, that room... Uh, The inside linebacking room is so thin too that you might just have to bring him back. I keep him as a backup. Maybe he's still just so. I'd like him
0: better as a number four.
1: But but we've seen this story a thousand times. Special
0: teams guy. They
1: they think he's that at the beginning of a season, and then look at what happened at the end of this year. He's their starting inside linebacker. Well,
0: yeah, but rightly so because the other guy sucked, especially Devin Bush, who I wouldn't bring back if he paid me.
1: Uh, I like Edmonds and KZ coming back just because I would like to see a full year of that trio of safeties healthy. You know, deploying them at the same time, but I think you got to let one of those walk. You just can't afford to tie up that much money in the safety position.
0: What about Gentry at the right price? I, I feel like he's a, a decent complemented tight end to Fryerbooth.
1: I think I'd let Gentry walk. I think they're going to use Hayward a lot more in the offense. Oh, that's right, that. that's right.
0: You got Hayward. Yeah, and plus which two? You can't keep all the fringe guys from a team that didn't make the playoffs.
1: Exactly. So I think Gentry's an easy cut. Okay,
0: Gentry's out.
1: Yeah, and you can always find a big guy to come in and be a blocking tight end, too.
0: And Gentry's not someone's brother. Hayward is. Right, exactly. That's important. Hey, uh, Derek Watts, a free agent. Uh, I'm going to talk about this at length on my radio program, but he's been getting paid 3.25 mil, which is way too much for a guy who barely plays snaps on offense and uh, is a so-called special teams ace. Even though I don't think the Steelers special teams have been anything great for boy, as far back as I can remember. But if they don't keep Derek Watt, T J wets his pants. I would don't, all- don't you agree that T J will get vocally and visibly unhappy if they let Derek Watt go. Yeah,
1: he'll have the boo-boo face for sure. I'd make an offer to Derek Watt, but whatever the offer is, if I'm the Steelers, is the final offer. If you want to negotiate, you want to go higher, tough nuts, go somewhere else. Like I'd bring him back on a deal that's workable for us. He is a good special teamer, and they did use him more in the offense this year, but you can't bring him back on the price he's currently at.
0: Well, I think T.J. Watt will be prissy mad if Derek Watt goes and gets offered less than he was making.
1: Well, why don't you go to T.J. Watt and say, hey, why don't you pay him an extra $2 million then, after your big contract, big brother?
0: You're preaching to the choir. But that's, that. I mean, it's just, it's buddy system. And, you know, that applies to to having brought Derek Watt in more than anything else. The reason they brought him in in the first place was to make T.J. Watt happy and make him more likely to sign, but now Watt has signed. I
1: wish I could get a bet down at Bat Rivers, too, for a quote-unquote buddy system move being made in this offseason, because I think one of the Tremaine Edmonds being signed or PZ's kid coming via the draft is going to happen.
0: Well, Tremaine Edmonds is pretty good, although he looked like he, he was on bad. skates. <laughs>
1: he did look bad against the like Bengals. He was on
0: skates uh, at, at Buffalo when the Bills lost to the Bengals. Yeah, good
1: thing the Steelers don't play them twice a year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the Bengals, boy, I mean, that, that was actually something I was good was to bring up. How far ahead are they of the Steelers? I know that they're not going to be able to retain all their weapons because, you know, once Burrow starts really getting paid, but but I just think the gap between Burrow and Pickett alone, which is, I got to be honest, not going to get appreciably closer because I think Pickett may get better. I think Burrow is going to get even better, too
1: no question, and yeah, they are going to lose some of their pieces, but I think that narrative of uh, the gap will close on its own because they'll eventually have to start paying guys, and guys will leave, I think that's overblown, and I think that's drummed up by a lot of Steelers fans just trying to create some false hope. They're going to pay the guys. Chase and Burrow will be there until they're not the Yeah, they're not, they, they're not losing
0: Jamar, that's for sure. No
1: question, and Burrow will be there, and they'll be able to work out maybe a deal for Tyler Boyd, let T. Higgins walk. The key for them is going to be kind of where the Steelers were forever with Big Ben is you got to find value later in the draft you got to find an a b in the middle rounds of a draft you got to keep replenishing the system in a cheap way but at the top of it it's still going to be burrow throwing to chase
0: this isn't directly relevant to to football but i I was looking at some recent nhl drafts in 2017 the dallas stars first three picks were Heiskinen, ottinger and robertson those are their three stars one at each level in the same draft
1: it's a pretty good drafting right there
0: yeah i don't think hextall is going to Match that anytime soon. Um, One thing I want to remind Steeler fans, because a lot of Steeler fans listen to this podcast who just revere the team, I want to remind you that the Steelers have won two championships in 42 years. Uh, They are not the legendary franchise that they pretend to be based on accomplishments in the 70s. They've won two championships in 42 years, and those were primarily thanks to Ben Roethlisberger, who despite being the quarterback and headed to the Hall of Fame, I don't feel gets nearly as much credit in Pittsburgh as he deserves. I, I want to talk a little bit of hockey before we get to the uh, the uh, staples of this podcast. Uh, Penguins play uh, Ottawa tonight. I'm sorry, Florida, Florida tonight yeah. as as we speak. But they just lost to New Jersey Sunday in overtime. They're two and eight in three on three overtime this year. Why do they stink in overtime?
1: I have no idea, but I knew once that third period ended it was over they were only going to walk out of there with one point uh paling missing that shot paling right he was the one on the doorstep that just missed that 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 was the killer
0: there's a good reason for that tom he stinks
1: that was a killer, though. You had to end it in the third period. They just have no chance in overtime. And it's like you pointed out, and Borky was on the show on Monday this week, and he was pointing out, like, they just don't have a game plan, really, when it comes to the overtime period. No,
0: even, like, look at that McLeod kid who was yeah. 13 for 13 on draws for New Jersey. He went out and took the opening draw in overtime, won it, and then went right to the bench.
1: Exactly. Like, Stahl with the Hurricanes. Wins the draw, then Aho comes on for stall. Like, I... It makes no sense to me why they can't. And why, and uh, you've touched on this so much, why is there not a, a bottom six player like a blooger that's just a face-off assassin? That well, just like, wins everything? face Well, like Mike
0: Sigamandish used to be, and Eric Christensen used to win games in the shootout all the time. Well,
1: Benino was they, so good at that in the 16-cup run. If
0: they miss the playoffs, it'll be because, mark my words, the gap where they don't make the playoffs by will be inside the number of points lost in overtime. I would be
1: very interested to see the correlation between winning that opening faceoff and three on three overtime, and the the team that wins the overtime, because possession is just so huge, especially with the way that they play the overtime now, where it's all about possession, circling back into your own zone, and not fire wagon hockey like it was when it was first introduced.
0: Did you agree with the too many men call that waved off the Pedersen goal?
1: I think he jumped a little early. Yeah, I, I think I think not that's, a
0: lot early, it, but you know what? You know why they called it two Tom? It directly affected the result. Yeah,
1: no question. But I, I think it's a call that you would see not get called and still feel that it wasn't egregiously against the devils for not calling it right like it's, it's very 50 50
0: i couldn't tell if they called it before or after he scored the goal
1: like if they're kind of waiting to see the results. Did the,
0: the whistle blow? <laughs> you know, but yeah. before or after he scored the goal, I I couldn't tell from the replay or or watching live. Could you?
1: No, I couldn't. But what? Can't Patterson just hold on for two seconds more? Like why does he jump so early there? Yeah,
0: but if he if he doesn't, he probably he doesn't. He you know, get the get, shot off. Yeah. behind their defense. I mean, that change gained about forty to fifty feet. Yes. And don't get me wrong, you're allowed to gain the length of the bench, basically. Right. But but that gained a little bit more <laughs> than the length of the bench. Okay, Tom, we're gonna christen a new segment today. It's called Good Cop, Bad Cop. I, I explained to you what it is, but I'm not sure I understand it myself. What are we trying to do here?
1: Yeah, it's basically just like a guy that you hate and a guy that you like, right?
0: Yeah, but in, in the same
1: kind of vein of job or whatever.
0: Like football, baseball, yeah. hockey, whatever. What do we got today? So today
1: I got some football announcers because my life's just been consumed in the past couple of weekends with the NFL.
0: See, I barely pay attention to who the announcer is.
1: Okay, you want to go bad cop first? Let's go bad cop first. Okay. I'm sick of Tony Romo, and I know that's a popular take right now, and people were very high on him at first, and now I think they're going too far in the other direction saying he's terrible, but it's just kind of enough already, and he seems like he's getting lazier. His his analysis doesn't seem as special. Spot on as it was well
0: I think when he was you know um revered by everybody for like you know calling plays in advance yes. you know and got big money because of it was you know called and I think rightfully so the number one analyst in football I think he did get lazy once he got the real real big money and now there are times he sounds confused and he he asks questions without yes. an answer it's just I don't think he's nearly as good as he was I don't hate him but uh but I think the uh, blooms off the rose for sure.
1: Yeah, no question. Like in that Bills Dolphins game in Wildcard Weekend, he kept referring to the Bills as the champs. Like when he would refer to plays that they would make, and said, "What the hell have the Bills ever won? They've never even won an AFC Championship game." So I-, I just think he's getting lazier as you know the money comes in. And my good cop there is Greg Olson, who's really in his first year spreading his wings at this job. He's been phenomenal. Uh, I think Burkhart's a good play-by-play guy, but if they could get Nance with Olson, I think that'd be the dream team. He is. What everything Romo isn't right now, you know, studying the game and understanding, you know, ins and outs and, and the way to relate it to the audience, Olsen is that times ten. He's been phenomenal this season. And
0: has been getting rave reviews. And he's getting from better everybody. and
1: better everybody. and better and better. I think he is the number one analyst right now in football.
0: Uh I gotta be honest, I haven't paid attention enough to know that.
1: I think he's the Super Bowl this year, so you'll probably hear it then.
0: But but I but I will say that like again, the praise for him yes. for media, even I've seen players watching games. Say, man, this Olsen knows what he's talking about. And it's about. so
1: relatable. Like, he makes it accessible to the casual fan instead of just like, I'm a football guy, let me explain these things in football terms.
0: Now, you know who I was surprised didn't make your bad cop? Joe Buck. I don't mind Joe Buck. Neither do I, but a lot of people do. Oh, a lot of people hate Joe Same Buck. Same with Chris Collinsworth. I don't mind Chris Collinsworth, Chris but a lot of people uh, I think Chris Collinsworth's great. I think he's I, great, too. I think his only sin in Pittsburgh is he's an ex-Bengal. Yeah. But why would you care about that? I mean, how many times did he beat the Steelers back when? <laughs>
1: It's a good point, and every casual fan thinks that the announcer is against their team, because when they're getting their ass kicked, obviously the announcers are going to talk about the team doing the ass kicking more glowingly than the team getting their ass kicked. So they're always like, ah, they're so against the Steelers as the Ravens are just taking it to them like 30 to 10.
0: Yeah, I I think Buck's really good. I think he's he's really good at baseball. Did you read his book? No. His book was excellent, and he talked about uh, about his hair plugs... And how surgery for that caused <laughs> him, you know, problems and, you know, his hair plugs. I mean, like, you wow. know, I mean, look at me. I've never been vain. I never even bothered to dye my hair. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'd feel different if I was on national TV. Oh, wait a minute. I was. But then again, my hair wasn't wasn't quite this great then. And I got to admit, I did have I did have streaks of color put in. So that's uh good cop, bad cop. If you want to sponsor us, uh, inquire within. Uh I want to go right to my first top three list, Tom. First off, have you watched that 90s show?
1: I haven't caught it yet. I've seen some clips on Twitter, though, like the cameo clips I've seen and some clips from Red talking to
0: Kitty. I've seen four episodes, and they're all really good. Uh, the, the third and fourth episodes, which I just watched this morning, uh, put the kids more up front. Perfect. Which, they which, need to start doing that. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. I, I think it's, I think, it, and you know, a lot of Fez, too in these nice. episodes.
1: Is he the old cast member that's kind of doing the most heavy, outside of Red and Kitty, obviously, uh, that's so, doing the most so heavy far, lifting? So
0: far after four episodes, yeah, he was a big part of okay. episodes three and four.
1: Okay. Because I think I was looking, I, I don't know if they come back or not, the original crew. I know that there were Donna, Eric, Kelso, and Jackie in the first one, correct?
0: Yeah, and uh, Leo's been on, did a brief. Uh, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh I, uh, was trying to track down a copy of Clarks that had been rented as Blockbuster but never returned. So there's a
1: 90s problem right there. A
0: generic Blockbuster. I don't think they called it that. And, it, and they showed up at this house where it had been you know, overdue for like five <laughs> months, and it was Leo. Perfect. So, yeah, God. and it turned out when they put Clarks in the VHS, Leo had taped over it. I w- he was auditioning for some... Uh, the Real World. That'd be perfect for The Real World, man.
1: This sounds just like it's that 70s show.
0: It, it, it really does. Um... But my top three is top three ancillary characters from that 70s show. And, and, boy, they had a ton of great names show up and have, you know, either one-shot roles or, or be on for several episodes or even a season. I'm going with people who were on for more than one shot. But, like, listen to this list who, who were on for one shot. Uh, included um, Lindsay Lohan, who Fez was banging at the time. Uh <laughs> Uh, Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Roger Daltrey from the Who. How great is that? Wow! Yeah, he was the music teacher at the high school, and uh, and The Rock. They did a wrestling episode. I remember that episode. Yes. So so they've done uh, they've done well there. Okay. So number three, Betty White is Kitty's mom. Ruthless, totally passive aggressive, absolutely vicious, mean and cruel. Uh, it, it was like putting Mussolini in a dress. Am I right? You saw her, right?
1: And the casting's tremendous because she looks like she could be Deborah Joe Rupp's mom, Betty White.
0: Exactly. Number two, Jessica Simpson as Annette, Kelso's girlfriend from California. <laughs> a, perfect airhead. B, the female Kelso, which Jackie wasn't. C, at the time there was nobody hotter.
1: No, and just... Like
0: the episode where they introduced her as Annette and they were on the beach and she was pouring water over herself when she was in a bikini be quiet, she's cooling off, (laughs) was just just tremendous. And number one, without a doubt, Mary Tyler Moore is Christine St. George, uh, the host of the local TV show What's Up Wisconsin. Uh, Of course, uh, the role she's most remembered for was Mary Richards on the Mary Tyler Moore show, who worked at a newsroom. Yes. Christine St. George was the demented, older Mary Richards. Like, there wasn't a direct connection, but there kind of was. That was
1: later in the show, right, when she came in?
0: Uh, I believe season seven out of eight. Okay. And uh, we shouldn't forget, Mary Tyler Moore is one of TV's greatest stars ever between the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Dick Van Dyke show, and for her to have her last run on that 70s show, I thought said something about the show.
1: Right. That Gives she, her her stamp of the approval, yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. And uh, just off, there were so many I, I had hated to leave off. Brooke Shields as Jackie's mom, Shannon Elizabeth as Kelso's baby mom, Jim Gaffigan as Roy Keane, who... Managed the hotel restaurant where the guys worked, he was brilliant. Do
1: you think he has a chance to come back in that ninety show, managing that same hotel restaurant? Like I-, I wonder if there's any of these ancillary characters kinda like a Leo that they're gonna bring back. Although Leo became a side character as the show went on.
0: Oh Leo became a regular. Yeah. I mean, Leo,
1: he was in the theme song, I think, for the last season. For the season, very last he? season, yeah. but
0: that, that was like that's kind of the lost season. Right. I didn't hate it, but it Not was one season too many. It was definitely one season too many. But at least, as I've mentioned, at least they didn't make Josh Myers Eric. Yeah. That was a consideration, however, however briefly. Um, r- real quick, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, voting. By the, by the time people listen to this, the new class will be announced. Tom, I just don't care. I don't I, care either. I, I think they've ruined the Hall of Fame. I, I think there's too many good players not in it. And the criteria... For how you get in, it's all over the place. I I mean, everybody who votes has his own criteria, and that's a recipe for a mess, which is what it's become.
1: I think every Hall of Fame across sports has lost its luster as, you know, it's gone on and more people have gotten in, but None has been more ruined in my eyes than the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's not about the players anymore. It's about the writers and who the writers think deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because they're the gatekeepers and they treat it in every sense like they're well, well, gatekeepers. Like Ron
0: Cook, who I like, but he leaves his ballot blank every year.
1: It's ridiculous. I mean, there were people. No, it's on not that... ridiculous. You don't think it's there were just... people on that ballot that didn't deserve a vote, though? Just
0: well, it would, and one guy you can make a real big case for is Kurt Schilling. Yeah, that he's being kept out because of politics. He's being kept out because of so, politics. He's so alt right, not because he cheated. And then what do you do about guys like Gaylord Perry, who's in the Hall of Fame, who wrote a book about cheating, throwing you know spitball, K Y ball. You know he was the real life uh, Harris from from Major League. Yeah, and, why does he get to
1: go in? Why yeah. is Big Poppy in? Why is he the only steroid guy, or one of the only steroid guys? Because he's a it's cartoon in?
0: character. It, it's that's a, why.
1: It, it, media loved Ortiz. Media hated Barry Bonds. That's, that's the delineation right there. Uh, the best player in the history of baseball in my mind, Barry Bonds, is out of the Hall of Fame, and the hit king, Pete Rose, is out of the Hall of Fame. How can you be a legitimate Hall of Fame with the those two? The Pete students?
0: Rose one I get. He violated a rule that's on the door of every clubhouse. As
1: a manager, though, right? So do you keep the player side out? Because you can't tell the story of baseball without the player of Pete Rose.
0: You know what? I, I get you. But, like, he looked that rule in the eye every day and it's he spit said, Spit in it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the iron Chicago, ha too America. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, like, put it this way. If it would meant they would do right by everybody else, I would put Pete Rose okay. in. I'd even put Shoeless Joe Jackson in. Who has, you know, the guy from the Black Sox? Yes. You know, they threw the series in 1919. He has the third highest average in Major League Baseball history.
1: And there is some, you know, conjecture that he wasn't even involved in throwing that game, correct? That he was like the one Black Sox that wasn't a part of it. No, no, that was Buck Weaver. Buck
0: Weaver. Well, then again, you know, depends on what you believe. The movie, the book. Right. I mean, the the plaque on my door at the hotel in Boston was the first place. Did I tell you about that? No. A hotel I stayed at in Boston, right by Fenway Park. Um, really old hotel, right next to Fenway Park, for a Liverpool Man City, uh, soccer friendly. A number of years back, uh, 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 right next to the door of my room, it had. Uh, this room is the site of the first discussion of throwing the 1919 World Series. <sighs> wow. I felt kind of cool. I wanted to go out and fix something.
1: But you do agree that Bond should be in, right, Barry Bond? Uh, I think right?
0: all those guys should be in. Yeah, I, I think I think the guy who can feel the most hard done by a shilling. Okay, if you look at his performance, his stats, and then add in his big games. The bloody sock and whatnot. Yes, he he obviously deserves to be in there.
1: I think the sock is in Cooperstown, if I am not mistaken.
0: A lot of Pete Rose's stuff's in Cooperstown <laughs> right. too. I think Shoeless Joe's uh, bat, uh, Betsy. It's already ridiculous. He called us Bat Betsy. The mus- Have you ever been to Cooperstown? Never. The, I will say this, regardless of the Hall of Fame being effed up, it's cool. The museum's great. Okay. Like when I go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, it takes me like ninety seconds to to, to go through where the plaques are, it, but the memorabilia stuff I I, I yes. look at for three hours i got to get up there actually soon. Okay, let's go to our uh, our regular segment, Five Guys. What do you got?
1: All right, Five Guys today is TV or movie fictional presidents. So we're not talking, you know, portrayals by actors in a real presidential role. These are fake presidents for the movies or television shows. Number one, not sure if you've seen this show on HBO, Selena Meyer, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Veep. She was the vice president for most of the show, but then she becomes the president at the end of it.
0: Nah, I didn't see it uh, What What makes her performance uh, memorable?
1: Well, first of all, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus It's inc- She's one yeah, of the best but you actresses mean, You know what, I
0: gotta tell you Every time I've seen her in something like She was in that sitcom after Seinfeld The New Adventures of Old Christine You don't like it uh, I, I just couldn't not see her as the Elaine. character from Seinfeld Right.
1: Well, she's great in this And it's a great political satire show And kind of the current climate mirrors what the show was back then but Did they uh, the, the Capitol? Point, pretty much <laughs> Josiah Bartlett, Martin Sheen in The West Wing. Oh, that... he's...
0: Okay, first off, I've barely seen that show. Never
1: seen it, but I was like, I had to put it on the list. Well, he's
0: one of the best actors ever. Yes. He is. What's your favorite Martin Sheen role? We'll deviate from The, the... Departed. Yeah, he was great in The Departed. Queenan. Then they threw him off the roof.
1: Are you a co-op or are you pretending to be a co-op?
0: Well, you know what? Like... They did good cop, bad cop there with him and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But in, <laughs> in, in, in a way, Martin Sheen was a bad cop, too, hiding behind a good cop's demeanor. Yes. Like, he forced Leonardo DiCaprio's character to do a lot of things that he did not want to do and probably should not have and done. he just let Mark Wahlberg be the muscle guy. But then but then again, he did save Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, and, and gave up That's his true. own life. How about the, the him falling off the... Oh, That was... Splat. Splat, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering... And somebody asked me, I swear to God, did Martin Sheen do that stunt? No, he, he didn't. <laughs> what else you got?
1: All right, number three, President James Dale, Jack Nicholson, and Mars Attacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That because he's exactly the president you'd want of Mars attacks. <laughs> no. I, I totally agree with that.
1: Well, all these presidents are better than any of the presidents we've had in like the past fifty years. Oh no years. kidding,
0: no kidding. Yeah, he that's Nicholson again, great in anything. Yes,
1: of course. Uh, number two, Thomas J. Whitmore, Bill Pullman and Independence Day.
0: Okay, did you see the sequel? No. Okay.
1: Not going to ruin it.
0: He's still, he's still, it's... It's not
1: bad for a sequel? No, it's bad. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin it.
0: And he, like, he's, like, kind of nuts. He's not the president anymore. Kind of makes sense, right? He's kind of, like, nuts.
1: I mean, he flew fighter jets against an alien force invading his planet. I'm sure he would go a little nuts with PTSD after that.
0: Yeah, see, if I, and I've said this often, if I were in that situation when the aliens invaded, I would figure they were sure winners and offer to align with them. (laughs) Like uh, like Gene Hackman in Superman 2.
1: Like in the scene in...
0: The- <laughs> Lex Luthor, ruler of Australia.
1: Like in the scene where the aliens are talking to the president, you would have just been like, whatever you want, man. You yeah, can come exactly. in, take all our resources, exactly. do whatever you need. And finally, number one, John Marshall, Harrison Ford, Air Force One. They had no idea he was a Medal of Honor winner Wait, when they decided to hijack that plane.
0: Wait, no, hold it. I... I didn't see that. I'm gonna uh,
1: never seen Air Force One. I'm
0: not the biggest Harrison Ford fan. Oh, really? To the truth. No. Gary
1: I, Oldman plays a uh, communist bastard who takes over Air Force One, tries to take the president hostage to you know.
0: The Gary communist also thing. Play, So it turns out that the president was able to fight himself. Pretty much. Yeah. He was. Yeah, basically a bit, like a Rambo. A bit of a reach, isn't it?
1: Uh, it's Harrison Ford
0: though. And also, they would before they hijacked the thing, they would know he was a Medal of Honor winner.
1: You don't think they would have that oversight in real no, life? I, I don't. I don't think he would
0: plan that out.
1: You'd be like, oh crap! He can actually fight. This
0: guy's the medal of honor. He He's could, like
1: snapping necks he, from he, behind shadows. He could give us
0: some trouble. You know, it's it's, it's it's like when Steven Seagal was the cook in the Two Underseas movies, and and the Playboy playmate goes, "Wait a minute! You're not you're not just a cook." He goes, "I also cook." Uh, well, that was another great episode, and. um... Uh, by the time you hear from me again on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, I'm relatively sure the Penguins will have lost in overtime again. That It's unbelievable, That's isn't
1: crazy. it? It's crazy. 2-9 tonight after the Panthers play?
0: Do you think uh, the Panthers got killed by the Rangers yeah, last night? And it's good they played last night. Yes. The Penguins were, were not—and Latang might be back. We we don't know that as we talk, but he took a full skate this morning and, and is a game-time decision, but that—, that See here I'm going to talk about this a lot in weeks to come but the thing about the penguins is they're just old okay and like and they're just aging out and 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 they can't fix it because they have nine no movement causes and they're tied up against the cap I have a theory that Hextall did all this so he doesn't have to do anything
1: kind of checkmates himself and yeah. he's just sitting back
0: yeah so he didn't have to work I think he's I don't know if he's patient or lazy I think there's a Fine line. Why
1: aren't you doing anything? What do you want me to do? I got no cap space.
0: When I didn't mow the lawn, my grandmother never saw me as patient. She saw me as lazy. That's Tom Off from an I'm Mark Madden. Thank you for listening to the Mark Madden podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Don't forget, bet now from anywhere. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.